Thank you for calling the Motel 6 Feet Under Reservation Line. We are open Wednesday through Sunday through November 5th. To get tickets and get further information, go to www.motel6feetunder.org. That's the number 6, Motel 6 Feet Under. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 3 of Tales from the Fog. We have a very busy weekend to explore, starting with the media preview for Motel Six Feet Under. Then we're going to cruise up the freeway and talk to Jeff over at Sinister Point. After that, we're going to go on a road trip all the way up to Singer, California to explore Hobbs Grove with Billy Bob. Then it's all the way back down to Anaheim to talk about Crossroads Escape Games. Let's start the show. Hey everybody and welcome to the show. I'm Casey, your host from Tales from the Fog, and I'm here with Veronica Marshman. Hello. Once again, she's joining us as we're going to be talking about a lot of interesting things today. We had a busy, busy weekend. Um, how'd you enjoy the weekend? I had a fantastic weekend. One of the best, you know, yet. It's, it was filled with a lot of fun things. So uh, let's talk about Motel Six Feet Under. You went in it last year. I did. I loved it. We we kind of just ended up going because we got free tickets from Scare LA, not really expecting anything much from it. Um, and it was actually probably one of the favorite things that I did last year. Well, um, first of all, before we even talk about the haunt, I want to talk about how we got our free tickets. So um, there's an annual event called Scare LA that happens in Pasadena every summer. And um, Six Feet Under, in their first year, they had a um, a booth. And in the booth, you could win uh, free tickets. And then you can win, you can get entered entered into a drawing to get more free tickets. So the the way that you won tickets was you were, you were put into this dark booth and they had a camera on you. And you had to scream, like give them the best horror movie you're about to die scream. And then they recorded it. <laughs> I totally forgot about that part. <laughs> I love that part. That's a, when you say six feet under, that's what I think about was yeah. that because I was working with the decay brigade. So I'm covered in, you know, just yucky monster makeup and then like full costume. And then, you know, go, go, we go into this booth, this weird odd couple of just like, there's a normal dude and then there's this creepy chick and they're in there. And then you hear the most blood curdling scream. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine what it was like being on the outside. <laughs> listening to this horror show and then you know we walk out like and they hand us our free tickets and then casey gave them his email address and maybe a couple weeks later a month later he got an email saying that he had won the drawing yeah and he got two more free tickets so we ended up getting to see this event for the first time you know what on the house which was great but you know we got to see it with them not doing any testing no you know there's really no trial and error like they just they hit the ground running and that we're going to do a haunt. This is it, you know, on, on the grander scale, not the little one that they had um, at the, the fall festival, but, you know, an actual, you know, standalone attraction. Yeah. So that was that, you know, like I said, that's that's six feet under to me was that that booth that they had 
at Scarlet where you had to scream for your tickets. I just thought that was really cute. Yeah, it's a very um it's a very like homegrown haunt. Like, you know, they're not professional set designers. They're, you know, they just kind of fell into the haunt thing mm-hmm. and enjoyed it and said, you know what, we're gonna keep this going and they just keep they they did it and you could tell that going through the haunt because there's a lot of things that you're just like, wow, no, like no haunts are doing this. It's very clever. Like you yeah. can see, you can see what's going to scare you and walk around what's going to scare you and it'll still scare you. It's just, it's brilliant the way that it's, it's, it's clever in the way that it will trick your mind into, you know, you'll get that scare, but it's not so over engineered where, you know, you're going to get so caught up in the mechanism that you're not going to get the scare. Yeah. I mean, it's just very you know, simple and elegant in its first year. Yeah. And the second year, this year, um, they pretty much stuck to the really, really fun things. Uh, I don't, it's hard to, it's really hard to do reviews on haunts that are still open because you don't want to spoil anything for anybody. Mm-hmm. But if you went through it last year, um, there were two things that really stood out. Um, one was a tradition, like an actual maze section that we kind of got lost in for a while. Um, and then there was another one where there was, I'm just going to say there was a dead end at one point <laughs> and something really magical happens. Um, they took those two things and they expanded on it. They made it a little cleaner and it was just as magical the second time because you thought you knew what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> what you thought was going to happen didn't happen at all. And there was like another twist and you're just like, wow, they, they did it again. Like, that's I how can't you know believe you... they got me again. Yeah. That's how you know when you stumbled across a really good idea, a really good approach to a gag is when you can do it again and you still throw the guest for a loop. We're like, oh, I know what this is going to be. Oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really, really cool. Um, so let's go over to Motel Six Feet Under. I went with Vince from All Things Haunted, and we did an interview with Carolyn, the owner of uh, Six Feet Under. And let's go over there, let's listen to the interview, and then we'll come back and get you on the other side. Yes, let's do. So this is your second year, is that right? Our second year as uh, Motel Six Feet Under. Great. And what's going on different this year than was last year? Well, at the end of last year, we... Um, we did a poll of our audience and we asked them what was the scariest thing and they thought Mabel, our little girl, was the scariest thing. So we brought her back in a really big way. We watched um, all of the reviews, all of the things that people were saying and we tried to take that all into account and then give people what they wanted, basically. And so uh, what, what uh, what's going on today? We're, we're at opening night, grand opening. Grand Are you excited? Very excited. Okay. And so, what? Uh, tell us a little bit about Boo. That's a that's a thing here. That's a building occupational opportunities. Boo. That's our nonprofit. When we started the haunted house, we had a lot of volunteers that were coming and putting in hours, and we decided to be intentional about it and try to figure out a way to help our volunteers, like get jobs, uh, launch their careers, do anything we can to help them um, uh, continue forward in their careers. Okay. And where are you located? We are at uh, the Anaheim Business Expo Center, which is awesome. And they also have other rooms that you can throw parties in and then come through the haunt as part of that. It's uh, 1960 Anaheim Way in Anaheim, 92805. And you're running this through? Through November 5th, Wednesday through Sunday, 7 to 10 on Wednesday, Thursday, and Sundays. And then Friday and Saturday at 7 to 11. We're also open on Halloween from 7 to 10, but we're going to close on November 2nd. 
Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for watching. This is Vince with All Things Haunted, and we're here with Casey from Tales from the Fog. Tales How are you guys doing? Standing, Standing in the fog. Standing in the fog. What were some of the challenges that you had this year compared to last year? Um, well, we did a lot more this year based on what people um, said, and we also had a, we had a little smaller staff this year and a little less time. So we weren't able to do a preview. Last year we did a preview and tested things out, so tonight we just went for it. Brought you all here and just gave it our best it shot. It came out wonderfully. So, yay! I say I loved it. Yay, good, good. Um, is there anything that you're particularly proud of that you accomplished this year? Um, I just, I'm just so excited that people are having such a good time. I can't even tell you. It's been so such a ride, and we kind of joke that it's like learning curve or dog paddling in Niagara. You know, yeah. we're doing our best to try and keep up with the demand and what people want, and make it fun, and it's just been such a fun ride. Like, just I don't know. Every it's the audiences that just give us their feedback, and then we try to accommodate them. And it's really yeah. Fun. Thank now, you guys. Now your 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 location was originally in Anaheim and you moved out here, right? So this is well, really your third year? Well we we started as part of the Anaheim Fall Festival and that was we were just a haunted house for the day that was free. And then we started to get a little bit of a following and then we, we dubbed it Motel Six Feet Under um, not last year but the year before, but then it got too big because the Fall Festival is a pretty small board and yeah. small um, organization. So it got too big for that. So we last year we branched off, started our own nonprofit, so technically under Boo. This is our second year. And the motel um, is the biggest fundraiser for to fuel uh, food. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Great program, great haunted We're house. Fun. Thank yeah, you. it's absolutely wonderful. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you like thank it. you very much for talking with yeah, us. Thank yeah, you so thank you. Much have a great night out. and a great season. Yeah, yeah, come back. We'll come. see you. Tell we'll your see friends. You. We will. Okay. We will, definitely. Thanks, you guys. All right, bye. All right, bye. so again, this is All Things Haunted. We're here live at Motel Six Feet Under in Anaheim, California. So if you're out, this is opening night. They're going to be running again through Halloween or week after Halloween. So come on down and uh, check it out if you're in the area. All right, we're back. We're back from Motel Six Feet Under. We're going to cruise up the freeway a little bit to Sinister Point, which is up in Fullerton, California. Um, they've currently moved. They were in Brea, and we've been fans of Sinister Point for a long time, and we've actually scared with them a few times. What do you think about Sinister Point? I think Sinister Point is a very unique and interesting haunt. In They have an interesting mix of traditional maze and um and escape rooms sort of so you know every year they have a new a new way of separating you from everybody else and making you do something horrible but not so horrible where you're gonna actually throw up or anything but horrible enough to where if it was real you certainly wouldn't want to do it yeah and they take you through really interesting scenes they're very good about using things for you know for things that they were never intended like these weird ways that they use chains and walls. Like last year they had this bizarre changing room with the mirrors. I mean, they've done some really cool things. And I think that they have a good way of storytelling in their set pieces. Yeah. They get fantastic actors who all work for free. You know, they do it because they just love to scare and they're very dedicated. And the people who run it, you can tell are very dedicated to, you know, to making this haunt happen. I mean, this year they had, a crazy amount of trials and tribulations to have to go through. And, yeah. you know, at that very last minute, they still pulled it together to make something incredible. And it just shows like that much talent going into putting an event together. And you can tell that there's lots of years behind their set building, their character design, you know, and their talent management because they're able to get all these talented people back. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think they're 
they're definitely one of the best in this area. Um, you know, I, I don't know what things are like around the country, but I would dare say that they're one of the best in the country as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, they, they really pushed it this year. Um, we know how hard it is to build a haunted attraction. <laughs> and, you know, even last year in Huntington Haunt, we had to build the maze in two days, but we still had, we started actually building the sets in towards the end of July. So we had almost three months of building sets. And yeah, we had to install it in two days, but we had most of the stuff built. Sinister Point didn't get into their building this year until three weeks before, and they had to build the maze from the ground up. So everything was built from the ground up in three weeks, and they opened on time, which is amazing to me. And, um, you know, we got one of the most candid interviews I think we ever gotten with Jeff, and we went over there to talk to him because... You know, he was very honest about it, and he was like, he's exhausted, <laughs> um, which I totally understand. Um, and so we didn't get a chance to actually go through the attraction uh, because Sinister Point has a rabid fan base. And when they put out a maze, people show up. And when we got there after going to Motel Six Feet Under, the line, the standby line was probably over an hour long, and the front of the line pass line was about 30 minutes, which is insane. Um so we didn't get to go through because I think it was like 10, somewhere between 10 and 10.30 when we showed up. And we're like, well, we're not going to hang out till midnight to go through the attraction. So hopefully we'll get back there either this weekend or maybe next weekend. Um, but yeah, I love the fear challenges that they do. They come up with really interesting things that aren't hard to figure out. So it's not so much like an escape room, but it's usually something that's going to be a little stressful on you. Uh, the one that stands out to me is when you had to put your hand in uh down the garbage disposal uh to push a button and then like water would squirt up out of it and to get the door to unlock and that that's kind of like exactly the type of stuff that they do um and from talking talking to jeff which you'll hear in the interview in a second um they pretty much stuck to that but he said they added a few new twists so i'm really interested to see what they might have done and he also said that they possibly brought back some classic old fear challenges that people really liked very nice so uh let's go over to sinister point and talk to jeff and then uh when that's over we'll come back and we're gonna go on a road trip okay thanks we're back with all things haunted and tales of the fog and we're tonight we're with jeff at uh, the new location here at sinister point so it's his opening night is that right this is opening night yeah and so what's uh, how's it going so far it's, uh, it's a little hectic. Is it? It's been, it's been a ride. We're, what, kind of, uh, what kind of challenge are you facing? Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing was um, we just got into the space uh, three weeks ago. Wow. So we had three weeks for no more than five of us at the most to build this entire thing from ground up from scratch. Wow. Um, this year, um, in the past, we sold all of our last stuff, so this one was built from ground up, everything. So uh, it hasn't been easy. So we've been, you know, about 18 hours a day, seven days a week, trying to get this thing done. Uh, so I, I think just it's all very last minute and rushed. Uh, this whole weekend's going to be a little hectic. Uh, What's your theme this year? Uh, we're kind of doing like a uh, four. It's it's based on four different symbols, which uh, each symbol kind of has its own little twist to a, a style or a, a, a theme. 
Um, so each symbol represents something, and they explain that inside the maze, what each symbol represents. And the guests get to, uh, well, the spirits get to choose your path for them. Mm -hmm. And the guests will go down a certain path. Now, there's four different paths, so it gives the opportunity for guests to come back and experience all different, all four different paths. And is this bigger than the old location? Um, yes, it is. Um, I would say the, especially if you're doing all four, it, it's it's one giant maze with four mini mazes inside of it. So it definitely is a much longer experience. And what's it taking? How long the average person before they go in, before they go to it? Um, I want to say uh, each one is probably. It depends on if they run or crawl, or whatever. But uh, you know, I would say ten minutes, maybe fifteen minutes uh, per per thing, and then yeah. So if they, it's a nice out. I'd say it's an hour experience if they want to kind of do all of them. For those that uh, that have done the mazes before in the past, is there anything unique or different, um, or is it is it close to the same formula you guys done before with like fear challenges and? I, I think we stick to a lot of the same elements that we've done before. Um, We've taken some of those things and put little more twists on them and just kind of changed them up a little bit. And I think we've added a few more things that are new to uh, what we've done. So we're, you know, taking, uh, you know, we thought this year because we have so many different paths that we kind of dig back into the, some of the things that we've done in the past that were really successful. So we're using some classic elements along with some of the new stuff. What are you most excited about this year? I'm for it to be over. <laughs> it's it's tough at the moment I know it's just opening night but it's tough at the moment to take in and, and say oh we did it and okay let's have yeah. fun with it for us it honestly probably we're still going to be building and tweaking and everything for another week so we're not having fun yet I mean you know what I mean it's yeah. it's more stress um, so we're look we're looking I'm mostly looking forward to next weekend all right you know okay. where we can finally you know, open the doors again on Friday and go, okay, it's done. Let's let's enjoy this now and talk to the guests and, and kind of get into the spirit of it. But right now, we still feel like it's just work, 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 work. Right, so, and so where are you located this year? Uh, we're in Fullerton this year. Uh, the address is 1851 West Orange Thorpe Avenue in Fullerton. And I think, uh, yeah, this is a new location for this year, and uh, we'll see how it works out and if we'll be here any longer. Okay, and where can we find out more information on Sinister Point? Uh, you could go to SinisterPoint.com, and that'll take you directly to our website, as well as Facebook at Sinister Point, anything Sinister Point, Instagram Sinister Point. Uh, we're all over there. Google, Google us. We're everywhere. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Thank and you. again, this is Vince and Casey. We're with All Things Haunted and Tales from the Fog. And we'll, thanks for watching. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. All right. You got your bags packed? Got them packed. We're ready to go. Cars full of gas? Um, yes. All right, because we're going on a road trip. Road trip! Road trip! Woo! So, the reason for the road trip is, you know, we like we like driving through Central California because we like looking at cows and smelling poo. And we like driving by the big semis on the road. And we like playing I Spy. But that's really not why... We packed our bags and filled the car with gas today. We did all of this nonsense so that we can drive our happy butts up to Sanger, California to visit your favorite haunt and mine, Hobbs Grove. Woo! Yeah. I'm just a little excited about this one. Yeah. Hobbs Grove is 
To me, it's probably the best haunted attraction in the country. Oh, it is still my favorite. Last time we were together, I mentioned that it was one of my favorites, and I actually called it my favorite. And after visiting it again, it's still my favorite. It has definitely secured that spot as being number one in my heart. It's just oh, so awesome. Yeah, it is. Uh, Let's talk about getting out there. We'll kind of go through the attractions in the order that we went through them, just so we can kind of compartmentalize our brains. Okay. Um, so going out to Hobbs Grove, you get off the freeway mm-hmm. and you're just driving into the middle of nowhere. Uh, you can kind of, you can go on Google and look up Singer, California. You'll see it's literally in the middle of nowhere and there's nothing out there. Mm-hmm. But once you get into Singer, it's a town. I mean, it's yeah. not like you're driving through the whole time. Like you get into a town and it's a very nice town. I liked it there. They have some really good food. Oh, they do. They have some great Mexican food. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a store called Gong. <laughs> Gong. We didn't get to go into, and I'm kind of heartbroken about it, but it's a grocery store named Gong. Yeah. You know, let us know if you live out there and you've been there and, like, tell us what it's like inside. We need to know. And we can't look up look it up on Google for some reason, so I, I need you to tell us. I imagine every time the automatic doors open... There's just a really loud gong sound. (laughs) That's what I hope it happens. I hope so bad that that's true. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Sanger, I love you so much. Sanger's awesome. Okay, so we're driving through Sanger, and then we leave town. And then you're on your own trying to go through the back farm roads of Sanger. Yeah. Until you hopefully stumble upon a small sign... Showing you the entrance to Hobbs Grove. It's a spooky little sign. It is. And then you end up going past a... If you get there early enough, which you need to get there when the parking lot opens, people. If you're going, look online when the parking lot is going to be opening for the day you're going, and you show up at that time. No later. No later. You will be floored at how quickly the line forms just to get into the Esplanade. Yeah. Just to park. I mean, it... It's more of an, an attraction than you think if you haven't been there before. Yeah, I really have to get there on time. Yeah, there's, you know, the night we went, uh, I don't even know. I'm going to guess from all my Disneyland experience, I'm going to estimate how many people were in the park. And I'm going to put it at 5,000 people. Like in total, like attendance for that night? Yeah, attendance for that night, 5,000 plus. What do you think? I have no idea. So I'll say that's a great guess. (laughs) Well, they have a seven-acre parking lot, and then they have a two-acre overflow lot. And when we left, it looked like both of them were pretty much full. Yeah, the the main parking lot was completely full, and the overflow parking was, like, almost full. So last year, or the last time that we went up there, they only had the main parking lot, the seven acres, and it was so full that there was a queue of cars in that long street that goes up into the parking lot yeah. from the main road, that was completely backed up, filled with cars, waiting just to park. You know, that's not accounting for if they need to stand in line and buy their tickets, the lines that they need to stand in to get into the attraction. I mean, that's just waiting in their car so that they can park their car. I mean, yeah. that's how popular this thing was. So thank goodness for the overfill parking because this was a Saturday night. That's That's a good point. Buy your tickets online too. So get there when the parking lot opens. Buy your tickets online because... If you get there anytime, I'm going to say after 7.30, the line just to buy tickets can be up to two hours. Yeah, I mean, when we're saying that this is a big deal, I mean, it is a big 
deal. And it's not just because it's out in the middle of nowhere and there's nothing else to do. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that you can do. But it is such an attraction in this area. I mean, it's it's a haunt like you're never going to see. It's when you go through these attractions, and we'll talk to, about them one by one in a minute, but you get to see just how hard they work. And you can really see the effort and the love that goes into it. And it's not just, you know, a seasoned haunt goer and haunt enthusiast like, you know, like me and you, but like, and you know, our audience, but I mean, people who the only haunted event that they go to is this event. Yeah. And it, they might have to travel to get to it. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's no small, small event, Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't, I mean, it's three attractions, but an Esplanade full of food and entertainment. There's live music. There's a store that has all sorts of cool odds oh, and ends. The I store mean, is awesome. I mean, it's. I mean, it is a big deal. Yeah, and and we were talking to one of the the basically the manager of the park, and he was saying that this year they had people come from Australia, England, um, New Zealand, New Zealand, Germany, Germany. Yeah, just like people are coming all over, and Hobbs Grove is on their list. And it should be on yours, too, especially if you're in California, because if somebody can come from New Zealand to go through this thing, you can drive four hours up the freeway to go check it out, and it's completely worth it. You have no excuse. If you are anywhere on the West Coast, it is worth the drive. We promise you. Yep. Um, So, all right, so you finally get into the Esplanade. It's amazing. They have probably four... Four or five food stands, kind of like you would see at a fair. So they had like, you know, pizza, hot dogs, burgers, kettle corn, tacos, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of stuff. So there's plenty of stuff to hang out and do. If you don't, if you're bringing friends that don't want to go through the haunted houses, they can hang out in the Esplanade. There's plenty of stuff to do. Like we said, there's entertainment. Uh, there's the stores, there's the food, mm-hmm. um, there's wandering characters. Some of the best characters at Hobbs are the ones that are in the Esplanade. Um, and they're not really the, they will do scaring. They'll do light scaring, but mostly it's all about interacting with the people, taking pictures, entertaining people. Um, and they're all um, absolutely amazing characters. Yeah. There's one, one fellow that we, we have been going out there to see specifically and his name is Ralph, but unfortunately Ralph was on an expedition and he wasn't there, Yep. but, um, there was another character there. His name was Rumble. And, I mean, as far as a costumed character goes, he was downright amazing. But as yeah. far as character creation, the, the texture and the depth that this one character had alone was just... I mean, it it blew my mind. I mean, I'm... You guys heard if you heard episode two. Like, I'm obsessed with costuming and character development. Like, this dude... We were hanging out for five minutes, and he had so much texture to him. I just, oh, mm-hmm. I just fell in love, just like I fell in love with Ralph. Yeah, and all the characters are like that. They all are just, you know, they you can tell that they just care, and you know, a little sneak peek into the world. Um, if you aren't just a fan, if you're also a producer to some, you know, some degree, the people who are in charge of the talent and in charge of various, you know, responsibilities around the event are sometimes one of those costume characters. Yeah. Which, and this is brilliant, because instead of, you know, no offense to knots, but instead of roaming around watching your talent with the big, you know, shiny yellow shirt on, you're wandering around engaging the guests, asking them how they're doing, taking pictures, really, like, getting soaked into 
the atmosphere and the world that you've created, at the same time, you're able to, you know, cleanly move from one part of the world to the other to take care of this issue or that issue of, you know, a, a security issue or a talent issue, anything that you need to take care of because you're responsible for stuff. Yeah. You can do it without making a big scene. Like when you were walking through a scare zone or the Esplanade or, or a haunted house or whatever, and you've got a bright shirt on, people are going to think, so, oh, something must have happened. Yeah, it, kinds or, of, it kind of pulls you out of. It pulls you out of the pulls world. Pulls you out of the world. Same thing like at Knott's when you see the, the blackouts with their flashlights and they're just going like that. You're reminded for a second you that you're... instantly pulled out yeah, of the story. You're like, oh, I'm, that's right, I'm in a maze. Yeah. But the way that they do it is they make sure that, you know, kind of, it was very Disney-esque yeah, in the way that they made If you're on stage, you're in costume. Yeah. Nobody that is an on stage person is not in costume. Mm-hmm. And we're talking like the highest level of responsibility for this park that person is not only a costume character a very memorable and noticeable costume character i mean and you wouldn't know it unless you paid like an extra bit of attention you might catch something that gives it away but otherwise you would never know yeah and they do have uh blackout type characters just like knots but they're in the background they're hidden and they're in costume so if you do happen to catch a glimpse of them you're not even going to be paying attention like oh that's somebody else they're in costume they're there to protect the other talent, but you just you just don't notice them because they just blend into the scene so nicely. Yeah, they just look like a monster who didn't want to scare you but want to scare somebody else. Yeah. Like, they blend in so nicely. All right, so the first thing that we did, which is my favorite thing to do uh, first, is the haunted house. <laughs> and they did something very special this year that they haven't done in a long, long time, uh, which is open the second floor I guess they did it last year, but we didn't go last we year. Didn't so go we didn't go last year. So for us, it was a very special thing because yeah. it's been years and years for me since they've opened that second floor. And it was so fun to go up on the second floor again. It was something um, special because you just you just don't see that. You don't see going up into a second floor in a traditional haunted house and almost anywhere. First of all, if you're a big event, you've got all of these ADA responsibilities. So you mean you, I mean, I'm sure they have a, a workaround too, but you, they, you just don't see a lot of stairs, a lot of you know level changes like that. Yeah. So to see, to go into a house that is a house, not like I mean, it, it could be some other kind of structure, but it looks like a house, mm-hmm. like it's just been there forever. And then to be able to actually go upstairs and encounter some super awesome gags that I don't yeah. even know if I want to tell them because it's like it's so awesome that you don't want to know it's coming. Like, I don't know. Do, do we tell them? Uh, let's say, let's keep it a secret. If you want to find out what's on the second floor, you have about three more weeks of <laughs> Hobbs Grove, so make the drive up there and find out what's on the second floor. And it's really, like, from a haunter's perspective, the things that are up there are super, super cool. From a guest perspective, they're super awesome and scary and unexpected. Yeah. Like, purely, I mean, unexpected would be... I mean, if they have one word that describes everything, I think that has to be it. Because, I mean, un- everything is just unexpected. It's yeah. so against, you know, what's cool right now. Like, you're not going to see any steampunk vampires. Again, no offense. But you're just not going to see that kind of stuff. You're going to see things that they thought of on their own mm-hmm. and decided to make work. And if it didn't work, they fixed it. Yeah. I mean, they just, I mean, their they're give a crap of what other haunts are doing is just gone. It never existed. Well, that's the thing of, because they're so isolated... They don't get influenced by Magic Mountain and Universal and Knott's Berry Farm. They're, they really have their own culture and their own ideas and 
and they embrace it uh, and they just go full bore with it. And I think it's absolutely amazing. It's super cool. I mean, and they don't, they can choose to, they can always go on Google and look at, you know, or go, you know, just go on the internet and look at these other events and how they're doing them and what ca- what characters they're using and all this stuff. Like our, in our world, everything is accessible. They have made a conscious choice from day one to intentionally not look at any of that stuff, which is admirable. Yeah. I mean, it is also awesome to do those sort of things where you kind of, you know, you go out and get feedback. Like like Six Feet Under was talking about how they, you know, they took what they learned last year, got a lot of feedback, and then made something new out of it. Mm-hmm. That is a, a totally awesome way to build a haunt that everyone's going to love. Yeah. But if you want to be this this weird, I mean, weird in a good way, don't get me wrong, but like just bizarre, unique, funky creepy thing that you've never seen before and wouldn't even expect, then, you know, you cut yourself off from the world and you make whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And that's what you get when you go into, into the events at Hobbs Grove. Okay. So where were we? We were upstairs, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, we should talk about, actually, let's roll back. We'll go back to the beginning of the maze. So interesting thing was, Part of the maze was a 3D maze, mm-hmm. the beginning part. Mm-hmm. And so you got your 3D glasses, same kind of thing that Knots and Universal have done for years. Um, but they did some really cool stuff with the 3D paint that I haven't seen other, other attractions you do. Yeah, the, there was one bit in particular where it looked like everyone was walking through a wall. Yeah, it was, and it was, it was great. Cr- it was a, <laughs> it was such a cool trippy effect. And there was one, like, I will talk about this because it's, it's existed in other haunts before, but there is a vortex tunnel. Yeah. And it is the best vortex tunnel I've ever been through in my life. It's, and it, it's, it's not hyperbole really to say it. I mean, it was just the use of the 3D paint and the thing that you're looking at and the, where you come from. I mean, just phenomenal. And they got, they got it spinning at the perfect speed and you feel like you're <laughs> flipping upside down because we almost fell over twice. <laughs> everybody and then so so after we went we went through it the first time and there were still a few people behind me and I actually stopped and looked back because I just wanted to watch and everybody that was walking through <laughs> was leaning at like a 45 degree angle to like one side and, and it was the funniest thing to watch because they were trying to stand up straight and they were just Constantly like leaning over to the side. It was brutal. Like it just messes with your equilibrium so well. I love it. See, that's one of those things that is just so perfect. That our, the way our brains are built and the way that our bodies are made is, makes us susceptible to the silliest things. Yeah. And that being one of them is just awesome. I mean, you, you intentionally lean to one side thinking you're going to flip upside down. I mean, that's just, it's amazing that that works. I mean, something so simple. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, what came, we, oh, the bubble room. There was an awesome bubble room scene. Oh, yeah. Um, and then. Telephone. Telephone, the, the dolls on the bed. Oh, my. It's really hard to describe because I I don't know how to put it. There's no theme to haunt to Hobbs Grove. There's, there's absolutely no theme really. Yeah. But there's an overarching theme of. Basically that the grounds that you're on are haunted and being attacked by various monsters and stuff. And there's no, there's no IP stuff. You're not going to see Freddy's or Jason's or, you know, any of that stuff. It's all characters that 
that, uh, the people, the, the talent themselves, for the most part, kind of create their character. They're kind of given the room and the costume, but they're, they're given the freedom to come up with their own character and their own way of interacting with the world. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. And then I have to say it was really long too. It felt longer this year than two years ago when we went through it. And maybe that's because of the upstairs. That's what we were trying to figure out. We weren't sure if it was actually, like, as far as how many steps you take longer, or if it seemed longer because you had to go upstairs and then downstairs. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, last time we were there, I thought it was a really long trek. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I think it, maybe it took more effort this time because we had to climb up a set of stairs. But it was, I mean, however long it was, it was perfect. Like, when, oh, (laughs) give me a giggly shower. So when when you start to see the maze and the ideas winding down, it's about when your when your constitution is done being scared. Like it it winds down at just the right time to where like okay, I've I've pretty much seen all the gags I'm willing to see. You know, I'm I'm ready for a nice quiet like you almost have, like cool down from the workout kind of thing. Yeah, you like, need that still, that downtime. <laughs> yeah, and it's still scary. I mean the the talent that you encounter. It's still plenty scary. Like, don't think you're off the hook or anything, but the constant, like, the boom, boom, boom of, you know, event after event after event, and, you know, it's, it starts to just slow down a bit. And, and then, almost you know, the slowdown makes it worse because you're used to the boom, boom, boom of, like, so much talent, and then all of a sudden at the end, you start kind of getting these gaps and you start to get a little paranoid yeah. because you're like, I know something's coming. But you just don't know from where. And they're, and they're really good at completely surprising you. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not over when you think it's over. Nope. And that's all we'll give you on that one. Yeah. All right. So after the haunted house, we did the haunted hayride, which I think overall, for everybody, I think it was their favorite attraction of the evening. Yeah. That's the feedback I got, too. Yeah. it was It was amazing this year. Uh, if you've never done a hayride, you know, we have the Los Angeles Haunted Hayride here. I've never done it. I've never done it either. Because I'm I'm afraid to because I love Hobbs so much and their hayride is so amazing. It might be a little disappointing, but, you know, I want to check it out eventually, but... I think we owe it to, you know, being haunters and being fans of the industry. Like, we were unavailable for so many years because we were working either Scary Farm or you know, uh, Huntington Haunt or Sinister Point. Like, we always had something going on. Yeah. So we've never really cut time out of our schedule to visit that attraction. I know we, we should, but, I mean, it's not like we've heard the most amazing things. We've heard it was better this year than it has been in the yeah. past. But anyway, you know, that's, that is what it is. But um, So if you haven't been on a hayride, basically there's a giant trailer full of hay that's being pulled by a tractor. And hats off to the tractor drivers at Hobbs Grove. I have no idea how they can even tell where the hell they're going. Because there's no headlights on these things. You know, they have a tiny little, like, glow stick on the front. <laughs> and it's not like a special glow stick. It's just one that you buy at, like, Party City. And it's, it's just so others don't run dangling on the front. So I guess, like, the talent can see it yeah. kind of coming. Um, but there's, there's no lights out there. They, they just must know this trail by heart where they're driving. I'm sure. And they're, I mean, it, the trail that you go on is so long that they can have eight tractors going at once. Yeah, they have eight different tractors. I mean, imagine a roller capacity. coaster, like, having eight eight trains going at one time. 
Like, that'd be a really long roller coaster. Yeah. Like, that's how long this this particular attraction is. I mean, it's by far the longest. So, uh, what were your what were your highlights of the hayride? <laughs> well, the highlights of the hayride are things I don't want them to hear about. So, I'll try to think of it from a. Oh man. Okay. So I love that it's a hayride for one, and it's not just like you know a nicer you know, covered wagon that has some hay in it that you sit in and you're comfortable. Like, no, you are flopped on your butt. Tuck in your shirt, by the way. This is <laughs> this is from an experienced haunted hay rider <laughs> having gotten hay at my butt. And so always tuck in your shirt. Even if it's the only shirt you have on, tuck it in. Yep. Your butt will thank you. So I'm like, you're sitting in the hay with, you know, probably people that you don't know, and you're pretty squished in there. And it's not like you're sitting on a bale of hay. It's loose hay. So you're like just, you know, plopped in there yep. like a little baby lamb. And then you take off much faster than you would think. And then you go around and you turn a corner and then there's the first scene. And it will blow your mind. I mean, That the, first scene this year was amazing. The level of detail. I mean, again, the theme continues of, you know. No uh, theme. Of, I mean, the, I meant that like the theme of the scene. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's no theme. You're just in a world full of creepy. But like the the theming of this first vignette, oh man, was gorgeous. Yeah, I mean it was just stellar. And the character that's out there too is just. I mean the details were fantastic. Yeah, I've I've been there so many times. And when we turned the corner, and I saw it, I think I let out an audible gasp because I was just so blown away that they at what they built. You just don't expect that. You don't expect it at all. And I was just like, oh my God, like, if that's the start, yeah. we're in for a hell of a ride. And it was a hell of a ride. So you go through all the different vignettes, there's different levels of, of you know, the, the, the mood of the scene taking itself super seriously or, you know, very not, you know, taken seriously. Sometimes it's like a, that was interesting, yeah. but then it's followed up by something just knock you on your butt if you weren't already sitting you would have fallen i mean just amazing scares mm-hmm. and no shortness of talent i mean the amount no. of monsters out here are i mean uh, over 100 it's over 100 it's yeah they, be they employ over 100 for sure i mean there's there's so many characters at you each know in, in each scene i'm trying to count but like anywhere from one to five or six monsters per scene maybe yeah, I'm thinking like six at the most yeah and they all work together they all have their different things and some of them you go through and you just kind of drive through the the scene but then there's some where you stop and the scene mm-hmm. takes place around you and then there's some like certain events will happen on one train that won't happen on another whether it's like a reset issue or if like a talent is on break or lunch or something i mean that's yeah, That's we typical. Of- we were there on a Saturday, so they made they were probably they were running all eight tractors. Yeah. So some of the some of the more elaborate things might take a little longer to reset. So mm-hmm. the first time we did the hayride twice. So the first time uh, we saw some stuff, and then the second time we saw different stuff, mm-hmm. and it was pretty cool um, that you know, each time it was different. So, I mean, even if you go on it multiple times, you're going to get a different experience. Yeah. You'll see the same vignettes. So you take the same path, but you know, you might learn some things from, if you go more than once, if you, I mean, if you go on a really busy night, it's going to be hard to see 
one event more than once. But if you go, like, if you're able to go on a Thursday, then you can possibly ride these things two or three times. And then you'll, you'll kind of learn things from your first ride that you'll be sure to remember for your second ride (laughs) or things that you specifically want to look out for Yeah, that you, maybe you just, it went by too fast or there's one character in particular that I really wanted to to get a better look at that. We can, we can kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to tell him. It's too awesome. All right. So there's a certain character that I just didn't get a good look at the first time. But everyone was talking about it, and I was like, what did I miss? And so the second time we went through, uh, I made specifically sure to get a good first look. Time, the first time that we saw it, I was just, like, so creeped out by the scene that she's talking about <laughs> that the second time we went, I was like, I want to see it again because <laughs> it was just so cool and creepy. So awesome. And he didn't really uh, he didn't really have to do anything. Like, that's how creepy the scene was. Yeah. Like it was, it was just enough him, the little bit that he did was more than enough to creep you out. Mm-hmm. And like they got the perfect actor for it too. It was yeah. just, you know, top to bottom, just amazing. I mean, all of it was amazing. They, I mean, they had actors on stilts. They had actors with really interesting costume pieces. Like there was LEDs involved, black lights involved. I mean, mm-hmm. they really... There was a, a full-on sword fight, which is freaking amazing. There was. It was great. I mean, that's one of the, the attractions that you stop for. You actually get to watch something play out in front of you. And I don't, I don't think, I think, like, the bad guys win. Like, the I bad think, guys always win. I think the bad, at Hobbs Grove, the bad guys always win. Yeah. So the good guys so We're not are giving away too much, but. Not going to do too well. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was fun. It was spooky. I mean, when it ended, I was bummed that it ended. I mean, it yeah. was really long. I felt like we were sitting in that thing forever, but. I just, I wanted to see more. It was just, everything was gorgeous to look at. It was scary. I got plenty of genuine startle scares. Yeah. Even like, though I could see them coming. It's kind of counterintuitive because you, I, when you think about it, you're like, oh, I'm safe. I'm in this train. Nobody can get me. But <laughs> I will let you know that the actors will jump into the hayride. Mm-hmm. So you are not safe sitting because you're in a trailer. They will jump into the trailer and... They pretty much do whatever they want. So they do. I mean, they're not going to hurt you. Don't think that it's actually like some sort of homicidal maniac that's going to try to pull your hair off your scalp or something. Like it's not that bad. But they will mess with you a little sometimes. Yeah. When appropriate. They're yeah. actors, and they're they're really they're playing their parts very well. Yeah. Everybody on the hayride, thousand percent energy, and they were a thousand percent into their characters. Like. That's the great thing about Hobbs Grove is nobody ever drops character. No. It's absolutely amazing. You're actually going to hear that in the interview we're going to play after we talk about the next attraction. We got an interview with Billy Bob, um, who is actually the manager of the entire park. And he did the interview in character. He did not (laughs) drop character for the interview. So you're going to hear the character um, doing the interview, and, and that's pretty awesome. He's such an awesome... He's an awesome person, but you can tell that he really cares about this event. Yeah. I mean, and we'll, like you said, we'll talk more about that later, but. Uh, so the next attraction, the final one that of the evening is <laughs> the Haunted Forest. And this is really cool because I've done it several times and, and they changed the route up slightly. They've changed it up slightly every single year, but this is the first year that they completely changed the route like i did not recognize the haunted forest at all and the way that they have the line going through now you have to actually enter the forest 
as part of the queue line. So you're deep in the woods. You can't even see. I don't even think you can see the sky because there's so many trees and it's so overgrown. Barely. But and what you can see is gorgeous. so dark in there that you're literally just like hanging out in a dark, creepy forest waiting to go deeper into it. Yeah. And there are monsters that hang out in the queue line. And I think it might still be the same thing where they are responsible for something in some way because yeah. they're just that extra little bit of attentive. But you wouldn't know it. You, you mean, they just, these creeps are, you know, just doing what they do, being their creepy selves out in the middle of the woods. And I mean, it's so dark out there that like, I think we were able to see a bit of the moon and a couple stars, but out in like the Esplanade, aside from the light pollution, you could see tons of stars. So we were pretty, we were pretty cushioned underneath that canopy, but it was so dark that there's one light that, that signifies this actual start of the maze or of the the attraction yeah where they and took it, your ticket and it's like this dim little orange light and it seemed so bright yeah because it's just <laughs> dark in there yeah it's really and somehow nobody tripped yeah and the great thing about it is they don't tell you really where to go like they take your tickets and they're just kind of like have fun and and you're just like do do i go that way and and you just like start kind of walking down the path and you hope you kind of end up going through the attraction because it's it's dark and there's no lights out there there's there's some good special effect lighting and this is something i noticed this year for the first time how they actually light the forest yeah because i've never really paid attention before but there's not much lighting in the foreground on the trail itself all the lighting is probably about 20 feet back from the trail and it's kind of like just sort of background lighting. Mm-hmm. So you'll see some cool like green and blue and whatever colored lights, but they're not helping you at all. They're not illuminating your path. They're just kind of in the background as like ambiance, I guess. Yeah, they're painting the picture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the scenes that you go through, it's it's more cohesive. Instead of, so like the Haunted Hayride, you, you're traveling pretty much from, from glimpse to glimpse of of the different parts of this world in the haunted forest, you pretty much are just walking through the forest and like, and the various people who live out there. So you can imagine very, you know, ethereal, um, you know, mystical type creatures or and characters. And then you've got very much, you know, to bring it up again, type characters are out there too, because they live in the backwoods. Yep. And then, you know, just supernatural things and, and natural things. I mean, it's very, interesting that the things that you come across so there's my favorite oh my god you know exactly which one i'm talking about right um with the two characters that are oh yes i I don't want to my favorite part of the haunted attraction (laughs) the haunted forest oh my god so you're i won't give uh, it away but you are you're greeted by a person, a gypsy, a gypsy, and they ask you, you know, they're like, and like, hey, and like, you know, she starts pouring on the chair and I'm asking you a couple questions, and then you are led around the corner, and there's the most two more gypsies, there's two more gypsies with their backs to you, so yeah. you're walking towards their backs, and they're and they're you know these dudes and they're like shimmying, or they you know you see these these beautiful gypsies and they're shimmying, and then like, do you want to tell them like what happens? We can if you want. I, I feel like. I want to give him this one. All right, let's give him this one. Okay. So, <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. So you come around, you're meet, met by this gypsy. She's amazing. And she's asking if there's any single guys in the group. And 
you know, of course, even if there isn't, someone gets pointed out as a single guy <laughs> just for the hell of it. Why not? Vince from All Things Haunted. <laughs> and what? What? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, uh, and then she leads you to her sisters and her sisters have their back to her, to you. And so you're walking up and as you're walking up, she introduces them and they turn around and it's two of the biggest dudes with beards that you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. And it is the most hilarious thing. Oh my god, and the the costumes that they built for this. Oh my god, the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so awesome. And they're so good at at improving. I can tell they're it's still new, you know, it's only the second weekend they've been open. Mm-hmm. So you can tell they're still cuz we did the haunted forest twice as well and you could still tell they're kind of getting their legs and and from what um one of the people said they didn't even want to do this at first. Um but after the first night they fell in love with it, and now they're just running with those characters, and they are hilarious. It's comedy gold. I mean, there's we'll always have that that hilarity that we find in something so unexpected. So when you know, and you know by their stature from behind, it's probably two dudes. Yeah. But when they turn around and the the costumes and the whole aesthetic that they've built for themselves is just, I mean, we were dying. It was so funny and yeah. perfect. <laughs> and I mean, there's. And the, I mean, I just can't get over the boobs that they made for themselves. Oh I know I God. keep using that word, but okay, it was your girl. So tell me, what bra size do you think they were? They okay, so they they didn't like. I mean, gals, when you have really big boobs, you tend to have a really big, you know, a bigger rib cage as well. So you're looking at like forty double D or you know something like that, you know, forty E or F or whatever. Mm-hmm. These guys, they didn't have the padding on on the the rib cage, so it was all rack yep. so the the let's see let me let me think about this so the cup size ladies we know this gentlemen pay attention so the cup size is determined by the the measurement dis, difference in inches from the fullest part of the breast casey's looking at me right now because <laughs> i'm making gestures it's pretty awesome guys i hope this is educational for all of you <clears throat> so you measure once around the ribcage and then once around the fullest part of the bust. Okay. Okay. So the measurement, say like one is 34 inches and then over your fullest mount is 36 inches. That's two inches different. That means you're B, A, B. And it goes up from there. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing the ribcage measurement on, we'll take the taller gentleman. Okay. Was, we'll call him, I think it was maybe a 38. Sure. You know, hope, I'm thinking he was a very stout fellow, but tall. So 38 around, and I'm going to guess maybe 48 or 50 inches around the fullest <laughs> of the bust. So everybody, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. Three, so L. Wow. Was this man's breast size. <laughs> and well squished into, I mean, that's a push-up bra because he was wearing his titties underneath his chin. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were <laughs> magical. And he had names for him too. He did. <laughs> 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 oh. oh my god, it was great, and that was just the taller guy. The the other guy, I'm guessing, was around the same bra. Yeah, bra. actually, his might have been bigger. You think? He might have been in the M or N, <laughs> maybe N region. But I mean, just beautiful characters. You know, for just seeing them for that that short amount of time. Yeah. You know, for them to be that memorable, they must have done something right. You know, and being character actors ourselves, we appreciated that immensely. And that it was done, you know, it was done with class. Mm-hmm. It wasn't 
it insulting. Wasn't gross it wasn't or anything gross. Like that. It wasn't it was vulgar. Just... It was just funny and cute. Yep. And also because you know they're gypsies, they're covered. They just happen to be very well endowed gypsies. Yep. And I, I appreciated as a belly dancer, there were a lot of genuine ele- elements of cabaret belly dance in these dudes' costumes, which mm-hmm. is great. You know, so they must have gone online and. and pulled images from somewhere yeah. to get these looks but yeah they I mean, definitely weren't like bot costumes they looked handmade yeah but. they made them i mean they they probably i don't know how much they like made as in like hand stitched yeah but they pieced this costume together these costumes together with that yeah. you know if they didn't then whoever made the costumes did i mean i just thought it was great and even the girl the 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 matron who asks you know is going around asking for the single dude so that her daughters can you know can be married was she was in a more simple outfit, but still, you know, all those things we talk about with the texture and, and the different color palette yeah. and everything. I mean, it was awesome. And, you know, for that matter, all of the characters, it, you know, showed the, the utmost, you know, experience as far as, I don't know how much of it they made themselves or how much of it was given to them, mm-hmm. but their costuming was phenomenal. I mean, it was yeah. spot on. There's something about the, the costuming and the talent, um, nothing, no matter what they do, nothing feels out of place. So like mm-hmm. if you went to a haunted house in Orange County and you saw, and you went in and then they had like a Freddy scene and then clowns and then, and then, uh, I don't know what else, cowboys and whatever, you'd be like, that's the weirdest, craziest maze I've ever been in. Nothing made sense. Somehow here, and I don't know if it's, in the costuming or just how they put everything together, everything just flows and you just buy into it a hundred percent. You're like, I am in this weird ass world and this is just what's going on and I'm part of it. Yeah. And I mean, it could be something as simple as you never see a Nike swoosh on a pair of shoes. Like you never see any, any traces of our world in their world. Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, I'm sure a decent amount of our listeners are um, Ren Fair attendees. Mm-hmm. There are a couple costumes that utilized some fair boots, like pirate boots. And that was noticeable to me, having been there and seeing, you know, made costumes for fair and all that stuff. Yeah. But they w- were so perfect for that character that n- it didn't seem out of place. Yeah. Like, you can recognize bits and pieces. Like, I recognize the the belly dance portions of those those dudes costumes Mm -hmm. you know i recognize some certain footwear or you know a shirt here and there like i'm like oh that's an opal moon that she got of that online like things like that but nothing took me out of the world and even like standing like hanging out with billy bob being so close to him nothing about his costume ever made me think like oh well you know i he you know he's wearing a pair of doc martens you know like I don't think he is wearing Doc Martin, but no. it looks like he's wearing shoes that he's had for the last 40 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything about it, down to the detail in his glasses yeah. and his hat, like everything, I mean, it all matters and it all makes sense in this world. And like all the characters are like that. Even Sparkles. Yeah, Where Sparkles is, hodgepodge oh my of God. stuff. And Hi, Sparkles. Awesome. You're awesome. Oh, Sparkles Loved your best. costume. You were awesome. The tutu. Yeah. Makes it. Totally. Um, so one last thing on the haunted forest before we go and talk to Billy Bob. One of my favorite scenes is kind of like just, it's very simple, is the swamp scene. Oh, with the, you're, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you're kind of up on this hill and you come upon the swamp and it's just completely fog laden and they have these amazing sets of laser beams going through it and it is just, 
the coolest effect ever. It looks like, and you can see the people a little bit down below you walking through it. And it looks like they're walking through like glowing swamp water. It's just the <laughs> most amazing effect. And it's just like when you come upon it, you're just like, oh my God, that's so cool. It's so, it's simple and brilliant. Like yeah. you look at it and go, how come I didn't think of that? You know, the, I mean, the, the laser through fog concept has been used, you know, I'm sure plenty of 80s music videos had them, you know, but yeah. it's in this context, it was just perfect. And the application of it was just And the monsters on. had plenty of places to hide. Because everything, again, is like they're hiding in plain sight. Mm -hmm. There are very few, like, actual bits of equipment making this thing happen, but it created an entire world. Yeah. With maybe, like, maybe four little laser boxes. I mean, not many at all. Four. There was a, yeah, probably four or five. Like, very few. But mm -hmm. they, because, I mean, it's a laser, so it goes across the whole thing. And, like, the natural swirls and the fog made this beautiful, like gross swampy swirliness happening all around you and you're walking through it and i mean you actually like you almost feel like you're gonna walk out sticky like yeah it, it's that much of a of a mind twist going through there but it's perfect and you walk down into it and then you walk, walk up out, out, of, it. out of it yeah like, it's so natural that a swamp would be there yep yeah it just fits so perfect and yeah, it's just amazing it's awesome and all the monsters that are over there look like they would be in a swamp yep like, they're just icky just awesome. All right. So I think that's, we've been on this subject for a long time. So we let's, uh, for hours. yeah, we can just keep going and going. We can do two more hours if you guys want, but <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's go to the interview with Billy Bob. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the crossroads escape game, the hex room that I did last night. And it was so much fun. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining. This is all things haunted. And today we're talking with Billy Bob from Hobbs Grove here in Sanger, California. Hi, Billy Bob. What's going on? Well, hello there, everybody. How you doing? Why don't you introduce yourself? Well, my name is Billy Bob Hobb, and uh, I like the way that it just rolls off the tongue if you say that. Billy Bob Hobb. And uh, I, I get excited when I just say my name, but uh, um, you want to know a little bit about myself? Yeah, actually, yes. Okay, well, I'm the pumpkin farmer out here, and I growed all these pumpkins. The small ones, the middle-sized ones, the big ones, the different colored ones. That's what I do. I grow the pumpkins. And plus, I live out here. Got my own trailer. And where is it that you live? Uh, at Hobbs Grove. Uh-huh. And where is Hobbs Grove? Well, Hobbs Grove is in Sanger, California. Now, people say, what, Sanger? Where's that? And I say, well, it's near Fresno. Like, oh, okay. So if I say Fresno, then they kind of kind of know where we are. But we're way out in the middle of nowhere. Now, what is this place, Billy Bob? Is it a, uh, is it a haunted attraction? Is it a farm? Is it a pumpkin patch? All the above. Oh, yeah? Yep. And, and what, what kind of, do we have ghosts that let her out here? We have real ghosts that live out here. Uh -huh. Yep. And? Year-round. And what kind of attractions are here at Hobbs Grove? Well, we have the, the Haunted Hob Family Home, and we have the Frightening Forest, and the Hayride in the Shadows Keep. Really? And what, can you talk a little bit about what those things are? Well, those things are where all the spooks and weirdos live. Uh -huh. and if you, you go through there, it's going to be scary. Now, do you ever venture into these forests or these things? Only if I have to. I try not to, because I'm a big chicken. Yeah, that's pretty good. So what, what's exciting about this year's Hobbs Grove? What are you excited about this year? I'm excited about everything. 
You know, I'm excited about the forest. I'm excited about the house. I'm excited about the hayride. Oh man, and everybody's having fun when they come out here. And if you come out here and you, and you go on the hayride and you're like, oh, this is nice. And, Whoa! And then, oh, okay, this is nice. And, Whoa! You know, and there's, there's just so many things going on there. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. I just want to let people know if they come out here, they're going to be entertained. Now, I know people say, oh, it's one of the scariest places out there. Yes, we're scary, but for the most part, we're entertaining. Right. And, um, where, where, what are the hours of this operation? Well, there's uh, different hours, like tonight, being that it's a Saturday night, we open up when the sun goes down, when it gets dark, which is about 7, and we'll stay open until midnight. And that's on a Friday and a Saturday night, we stay open until midnight. On Thursdays and Sundays, we stay open until 10, because we have, uh, you know, regulations we have to follow. Now, are you open Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays? We are not open Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, except for the last week of, of this year. The last week of this year, we're open from Wednesday until Sunday. And um, what year is this for Hobbs Grove? How long have you been here? Well, this is uh, year uh, 2016, and we opened in 1999, so that would make it uh, our 18th year of fear. <laughs> That's great. That's wonderful. Okay, and where can they find out more information on Hobbs Grove if people want to come out here? Well, they could uh, go to our website, which is HobbsGrove.com, and that's real easy. Or they can find us on Facebook, and we're on Twitter also. And I believe one of those things, what's it called? Instagram? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Absolutely. And we'll see you in a little bit. Okay. Okay. Good talking to you. Thanks, and thanks again for watching. Again, this is All Things Haunted with Billy Bob from Hobbs Grove. Billy Bob Hobbs. All right, so Casey, tell me about your most recent foray into the October entertainment world. Well, last night, um, Albert from WestCoaster.net and myself, we went and did the Crossroads Escape Games room, the Hex Room, which they just um, they just updated it for Halloween. So we wanted to check it out because they were offering a Hunter's Night, um, you know, which is like a night for industry people to come and check it out, and they give you a little bit of a discount. Um, to go and do it. And uh, we had a blast doing it. So um, did you have to prepare or look anything up or, you know, do any sort of like mental placement before you started doing this or did you just show up and, and go? I, I did absolutely nothing going in. And I'll have to say I was actually visibly nervous. You? Um, I was because I'd never oh. done an escape game. Right. So I had no idea what it was about. All I knew was that they updated it for Halloween. So possibly it was going to be scary. I don't know. I didn't know what it was supposed to do, what we were supposed to do. I knew that the concept of it from people that have done it. So I knew that was basically I'd be in a room with people and you'd have to figure out puzzles in order to, or find clues to figure out puzzles in order to get out of the room basically and you have an hour to get out it sounds complicated so that's pretty much all i knew about it and i thought i was going to be the only one nervous about it um but then albert came and he was visibly nervous and he's done an escape room before wow and so we were both like i don't know what's going to happen um and then we were went we were paired with um four monsters that work uh, the walking dead attraction at halloween horror nights in Hollywood. So they came down. And so it was, it was just the six of us going in and they really amp up the intensity of this thing pretty quickly. Um, so what happens is basically you have to sign a waiver. Um, and then you have to kind of fill out this questionnaire form. And what they use the questionnaire form is, is for the hex rooms, 
um, each of you get a character. So there's six different characters. Um, there's uh, the detective, the jock, the the uh, prom queen, the prom queen, the virgin, the nerd, and the rebel. So those are those are the the stereotypical people that they think are in a horror movie. And the idea is is you are going to play one of these characters, and they want to see if what would what happens to that character in a horror movie would happen to you in real life. And which character did you end up with? Uh, I ended up being the nerd. That's so fitting. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Albert uh, from West Coaster, he ended up being the virgin, which is <laughs> pretty funny. That is amazing. Um, and so. So what happens is, is once you basically, they line you up in the, in a room and you're given tokens for your character. So like for me, the nerd, I got a pair of glasses and suspenders. <laughs> um, so like, you know, they're the nerdy giant big glasses and suspenders. But the interesting thing about those pieces of whatever they give you for your character is they are actually clues to help you um, each character has a personal puzzle and you can choose to do it or not. It's not going to change whether you escape or not, but if you can figure out that puzzle, um, you, and escape. So you have to figure out your personal puzzle and escape the room. Only 5% of people can do it. Wow. Were you able to ultimately figure that out or was that something <laughs> that you had to leave behind? No, I left it behind. And what sucks is I was at work today sitting at my desk <laughs> And it hit me exactly what I was supposed to do to, no. to figure out the puzzle. And once I thought of it, I felt so stupid because it was so obvious. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You never know. I mean, once it dawns on you, of course it's obvious. But yeah. I mean, how do you know? That's um, pretty funny. So, so then, so once you get your character stuff, you put your character stuff on. They then hand you blindfolds, and everybody is blindfolded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, obviously everybody was nervous. There was like nervous giggling and jokes and like, you know, we were all kind of freaking out because we had n no idea what to expect. And even some of the, the other people that were with us, one of them, they've done tons of escape rooms and you could tell they were kind of freaking out too. So there's something that, that escape rooms don't usually do. Uh, pff, I don't know. I've never been to one before. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. So they blindfold you and. One by it's the room you're in slowly gets quieter because they're slowly one by one moving people into the room and positioning them where they want them. Okay. And so then finally, like you're just sitting there and it's like getting quieter and quieter. And then all of a sudden you just feel hands on your shoulders Ugh. and like, you know, you kind of jump. You're like, oh, and then they just start leading you and you don't know where you're going. You're blindfolded. It's pitch black and they're just kind of guiding you where they want you to go. Can and you then, guess how many steps you took or how far you went? Um, it wasn't terribly far. But yeah, I couldn't guess. Like, did, you know, you know you're like so in the moment that you don't think really to think about it. Did you hear any sounds while you were walking? No, it was place? dead silence. Oh my God. So, I mean, because whoever else was in their room and whoever else was left, I don't know what order I was put in. I could have been second or last. I don't know. <laughs> um... So you're just, they just leave you there. Once their hands are off, they like kind of position you and then they let go and you just tiptoe away and, and yeah. It. And you're basically just told before you go in, don't take your blindfold off till you're told. And then you're just standing in the pitch black with a blindfold on 
just standing there waiting and waiting and waiting. How long do you think you were waiting there? It felt like an hour. (laughs) It was probably maybe 15 seconds to 30 seconds. That's an eternity when you lose all sense of time. (laughs) You know, at that point, you're just like, you know, everything is dead silence and you're standing with a blindfold on. You don't know what's around you and you don't know where you are. Um, and so what they did was they, they really amped up the, 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 mm, they amped up the, uh, challenge, I guess you will say. Well, they amped up the challenge of the puzzle, of the puzzle room. What they did is they isolated five people, um, into their own rooms. So you're locked into a room by yourself. Um, and then the detective ends up in, in a central room between everybody else's rooms. And so it's a game you have to communicate, um, because I could have objects in my room that somebody else needs and they might have something I need. So when you start, like, is there a a voiceover or something telling you, okay, move your blindfold and then now... Yeah, so there's kind of like, if you've seen the Saw movies, like the Jigsaw character, there's a character kind of like that that's basically like, let's, let's, uh, you know, play a game and let's see how, if you can escape this horror movie or whatever, something like that. So mm-hmm. then it tells you to take your blindfold off and you're in your room and, you know, never have done a escape room before. I was kind of like, okay, what do I do? <laughs> and, uh, and so I just started kind of, tearing the place apart really like I just started going through any drawer I could go through any anything I could do you know I was just trying to figure out stuff are you given any clues at all or just good you're luck? giving absolutely nothing you just have to start figuring things out like yeah. what how do you know what stuff to alert your your fellow players about and like how do you know well the thing is is you know the characters because you're you're all there when you're given your little tokens so you know the characters mm-hmm. So you can kind of, some of the stuff you can kind of guess based on the things that you find, like, oh, this might go with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the, te- it's the detective's job to kind of communicate that. So you can, basically what there is, is there's kind of like a little mail slot in your door. And you can like look out the little mail slot and you can see into the central room. Okay. And so you can call out to the, the detective and basically like slide the thing you found out the little hole and say, Hey, I found this. Does anybody need this? And it's their job to kind of describe what the thing is. And hopefully somebody else is like, Oh yeah, I need that. I have one. I have another one or something. Oh my gosh. Um, so it's the person that's in the middle room. They, they are running around like crazy as people are finding stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. So, the idea is, is you have to escape from your tiny little room and get into the central room with the detective. And then there's more puzzles in the central room that you then have to figure out in order to get out of the, out of the, out of the escape room. So how long, how long do you have to, to get out of the escape room like everybody? Um, you have one hour to get out. Okay. Uh, we got out with 49 seconds left. Oh my gosh. So it took us the entire time, but we could have escaped a little earlier. We actually got the last key at three minutes. So we still had three minutes left on the clock. Um, so the other aspect to this is, is 
the the jigsaw character guy is kind of monitoring you so he can hear everything is microphone mm-hmm. so he can hear you guys in there and then there's a telephone in the detective's room that will occasionally ring and he'll either give you hints or say stupid stuff whatever um <laughs> i didn't ever answer the phone so i'm not sure i know part of it was hints um because they can hear you so one of the things i know for like one of the things like I had a puzzle and I was having a hard time with it and like I couldn't fit it out the slot because of the size of the thing that I was working on. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like just kind of like held it up to like the hole and, and they were trying to peek through the people that had gotten out of their room and they were, they gave me some advice and then the phone rang and it was like the dude and he's like, the advice he gave him was good. And then they hung up. So, oh, wow. so they're listening to what you're doing and they'll kind of give you a few hints. They won't tell you how to solve a puzzle, but they'll kind of tell you if you're on the right track or if you're missing something kind of. That's cool. Um, so, so what we did was when we got the last key, we're like, you know what? We have all these personal puzzles. Let's try to get them because we had all ignored them. Cause we're like, let's, let's get the main puzzle done. And then if we have time, we're going to go try to solve our personal puzzles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and since we had three minutes, we're like, well, let's, let's work on those and see if we can get one. Um, so we actually just called out, Hey, give us a one minute warning. And, and so then we all just started working on our personal puzzles, trying to figure out the puzzles and only one of us got it. Um, but once we got the one minute warning, we're like, all right, let's get out. And then we, we got out. That is so cool. Yeah. So it sounds like you had a lot of fun. It's, it's absolutely fun. I want to go back and do it because the great thing is, is since there's six different characters, you can play a different character each time and you're going to have different puzzles. And because of the way that it worked out, my character, uh, I was like, I think I was the last person out of my little room just because I needed stuff from other people and I couldn't get it until they figured out puzzles. So they had to get out before you can get out. Yeah. So it was kind of a thing where like I couldn't get out until I had had pieces from other people and I couldn't get those pieces until they figured their puzzles out. So I ended up at last. So they were already figuring out puzzles in the central room while some people were helping me get out. And so, you know, literally I, there's like a bunch of stuff that I don't even know how we did it because I was so focused on getting myself out of the room. Because the other thing is, is with this puzzle, not everybody can escape sometimes. So it's, it's like if I had been left in the room and it came down to like a minute and they figured out the rest of the stuff to get out of the escape room, they could have left me for dead. Oh my gosh. And so you can get left for dead in there. So, you know, you know, it's. So do they still win? They win, but you get to, so they take a picture at the end with like how much time you had left when you escaped and, and you get like an escape sign, but they also have a left for dead sign. So if you get left behind, you get to hold the little left for dead sign and basically saying like your character died in the horror movie. But that's not your fault. It's not like you failed because you didn't get it. You failed because they decided not to help you and give you what you needed. Well, I mean, maybe they were trying to help. If, if everybody communicates right, you're going to get out because we did. Yeah. Um, so it was either they weren't communicating right or you were stupid enough to <laughs> figure out the puzzle. Well, that's, you know. that's not fair. I mean, it, <laughs> you said the success rate was 20%. Yeah, the success so, rate's 20% um, of escaping, and then only 5% get the get the personal puzzle finished. So only 5% of all players get the personal yeah. puzzle? So that one, one person out of the five. Yeah, only is, one person out of our six people got it. Wow. 
Yeah, and only twenty percent of groups that do the do it even escape at all. That's impressive for your first one to actually not only, you know, do well, but to succeed with plenty of time to spare, enough time to go, you know, yeah. mess with your own stuff before escaping with, you know, less yeah, the, than a minute. The, the puzzles are really mentally challenging. And, and, you know, one of the reasons why I had trouble with the last puzzle is because the first puzzle that I did was way more complicated than I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought, like, oh, I figured this out. And then I tried to put the code in to unlock a, a lock and it didn't work. And then I was like, okay, wait, something's wrong. So then I was like, okay, let me try this and let me try this and let me try this. And it ended up that I actually, Albert, who was in the room next to me, he needed to, there was a mirror on my wall and that, that mirror was actually connected to a vault in his room. And so he had to open the vault up in order to look through the mirror. It was like a two-way mirror. So like I saw a mirror, but he saw a window. Yeah. And I guess on his window, there was, there was stuff written that pointed out the code on my wall. And so he had to give me the code through, through the wall in order for me to get it out. So I was already in my head, like, okay, this is way more complicated than I think it's going to be. Um, so once I figured that out, you know, the next one was pretty complicated too. And so the last one I was thinking in my head, this is going to be, this is going to be a hard puzzle to figure out, you know? So I'm, I'm in my brain made it more complicated than it needed to be. So when it was pointed out to me what it was and how to get the combination, I've just felt so stupid because it was so right in front of my face and I was just making it more complicated than it needed to be. But that's funny that that's the mind trick that they play on you where, you know, you're going to get thrown into this complicated thing, but the thing that you, you know, the little thing that you needed to do was, you know, right in front of you the whole time. Yeah. It's kind of like, like they get the last laugh, like, yeah, you got out, but they got the last laugh. Yeah, exactly. Because so easy and so little. Exactly. But there is, I mean, you come out and you are... It's very intense. You know, there's great, there's lighting. The lighting will dim to the point where like you're working on a puzzle and then it dims so dark that you can't really see because your eyes are adjusted to a certain light and then it goes super, super dim. And then the puzzle just goes out of your mind. You pretty much have to like, wait, where was I on this thing? Let me, and you have to take a second to like reconfigure what you were thinking because some of these things are like, I don't even know, like eight, nine steps maybe. Wow. And so you have, you're you in your mind, you're thinking, okay, I need to do this, and then I got to look at this thing, and then I need to do this. And then the lights dim down, and you can't <laughs> see what you're looking at, and then everything goes out of your mind, and you have to go like three steps back to oh then to then like keep going forward, you know. Are you allowed to take notes? Like, can you There's nothing notes? to write on. So the other thing is, is they make you take everything out of your pockets, your cell phone, uh, wallet, keys like everything has to go into a locker before so you have absolutely nothing on you there's nothing to write on you know you're just using your own mental capacity to try to remember all this stuff i would be so screwed yeah (laughs) it's it's pretty crazy um but i mean it was so satisfying like once you get the first puzzle you're like holy crap i got a puzzle okay (laughs) what's the next one and you're just so jazzed and you just keep going and going and going and by the time you get out you're like sweating like everybody (laughs) was just like sweating and like we're like shaking with excitement and like you know you come out and you feel like you really accomplished something yeah so tell me what it was like after you you guys got out and you actually did you know did this epic thing that you've been spending an hour trying to do yeah you just feel so elated and everybody's just so excited it's like 
you know, it's like you've all been best friends your entire life and you just saw each other for the first time in five years, you know, <laughs> like everybody's like high-fiving and hugging and we're like, oh my God, we did it. And <laughs> we made new friends. Yeah. It's just, it's so, you know, it's, it's the most amazing team building experience. So, I mean, I totally say go and do it with like six of your best friends and you're going to come out either, well, you're either going to come out hating each other because you guys aren't talking and, and, and communicating or you're going to come out even stronger friends for it. That's incredible. And you had said that you just went, you and Albert, but you actually met four new people that you didn't know prior to this. So yeah, you were we, thrown we into the never challenge together. Met them. Yeah, we never met them before. And by the end, we were all friends, you know. That's amazing. It's pretty awesome. So can you, does it have to be six people or can it be like two people in one room if you have a group of eight or anything like that? You can do, they, they'll do it from five to ten. So if you do five characters, one of the rooms, I don't know how they work it out, but there must be a way to adjust it, but one of the rooms just won't be used. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can do up to ten, and if you do ten, then you're going to double up in some of those rooms, which I think if you do more than six and you end up doubling up, it's going to take something away from the attraction. There's there's really something to you being by yourself uh, in the room and really mentally working through the situation um, and coming up with solutions that's really satisfying. And I think if you had a second person there, either one, you might have a harder time solving the puzzles because two different brains work different ways mm-hmm. and you may look take a puzzle in the wrong direction. Because there's a lot of stuff in there that you'll find that have nothing to do with the puzzles. It's just kind of a waste of time. And you'll spend time doing it and you're like, you know, looking at these objects. Like, you know, my room was the nerd room. So there's like, you know, all kinds of like cool stuff everywhere that, you know, you can read or whatever. And most of it was a waste of time, but some of it you needed. So how do you know what what you need and what you don't need? You have to be able to look through it and then make a split second decision. Like, you know what? I don't think I need this. That's you, incredible. you may, you may need it, you know, but the things that I was like, you know what, this seems like, this seems like I don't need it ended up, you know, you just using my gut instinct. Mm-hmm. I was usually, I was pretty much right all the time. And then the stuff that I was like, oh, this seems important really ended up being important. So following that gut instinct that you have when you see something really, really helps too. That's so interesting. Do you think that being a haunter helped you at all? Like um, hiding hiding Easter eggs in a scene or, you know, being a storyteller as well. Do you think any of that had any sort of influence on that? Maybe, but really, I mean, being so new at it, it was literally like a lot of the stuff was kind of dumb luck. Yeah, but b- between you, you know? and me, guys, Casey's a genius and he won't tell you that, but he's actually really freaking smart. So just keep that between us. Yeah, well... Maybe, but, um, (laughs) but you know, a lot of it's exploring, you know, and I think that's the thing that I found so much fun is, is you have this room with kind of like endless possibilities and you have to shrink those possibilities down. And the only way you do that is by exploring. So you're literally have to just start going through anything that you can go through, looking at anything you can look at, looking at the walls, looking at, you know, just, you have to go through everything and then start parsing together what you think is important based on everything that's in the room and what's not. So at what point did you start communicating with 
with other people about things that you find? Um, well, when I first got in, I was kind of overwhelmed. You know, I wasn't sure what to, what to expect once I took the blindfold off. Like I had no idea. And, and once the blindfold came off, there was a little bit of a shock period by <laughs> how much stuff was around me and how much stuff I need to look at. Was it like full on, like 360 degrees on the ceiling on the floor? Like everywhere? Yeah. Like it was everywhere. And so, so you have to like take, I'm going to say you have to take like five minutes and just kind of really get your bearings and understand what is there and what <laughs> it's trying to tell you. You know a little bit based on your character. So does the room um, tell a story? Like the room, like yeah, the room tells a story and it's each character has a backstory and so you, you kind of that? learn that backstory through the stuff that you're, that you're going through. That's so interesting. And does yeah. it play into that, into the, the haunted or like the scary movie type? feel with what happens to the characters yeah. and what happened in the past yeah I, you don't get too much away but like i don't want to give too like much that? away about because i only know about my character the nerd yeah. character but they're so think about nerds mm -hmm. and think about sci-fi and horror movies and that kind of stuff anal probes <laughs> they need to add that in there. Yes. Um, no, there was no anal probes. Um, <laughs> Damn it, I'm not going. There was a really awesome old school X Files poster on the wall. Oh. I can give that away because it didn't really mean anything. But well, that gave something away. I'm just no, kidding. no. It's a, but it was just <laughs> so a really cool. Did it have prop. a bunch of pencil holes in it? Because that would be cool. Uh, you know what? I didn't even pay that close attention <gasps> to it. I need now. I need to go back. Let's go back. Um, I didn't get to go, guys, because I was on babysitting duty, which I love. I love yeah. hanging out with my kids. And I didn't even get to go with Vince because Vince was, you know, busy doing his thing. He was so. on babysitting duty as well. So, you know, it was just me, me and Albert, um, which was awesome you because he's a cool guy. Albert um, is really cool. I bet it was a lot of fun yeah. to do something like that with him. Yeah, it was really cool. And definitely want to go back. Um, what were we talking about? Backstory. Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so think about, you know, horror, sci-fi, stuff that nerds would, would be kind of, I guess, kind of drawn to. Um, and famous horror sci-fi stuff. We'll just say famous horror sci-fi things kind of played into the background of the character. Was there a Stargate? No. I'm disappointed. I don't think there, but that wasn't really horror. So sci-fi, sci-fi, but not sci-fi horror. Son of a bitch. Yep. All right. Well, I cannot wait to see this, and I, I really hope that we can put something together so we can get, um, get the tales from the fog team together with all things haunted and and possibly some other things, you know, other, you know, haunted content creators. Yeah, and get we, together to do something like this because definitely need to go back and do it because I want to try out some of those other puzzles. Do you know what their hours are or what you know what they've got going on um, Halloween? Halloween, it's I want to say they're open seven days a week, but I know the weekends. I think the last game starts at eleven o'clock, so you have to book it in advance and you have to pick an hour basically because it's going to be an hour event. Um, but you actually start on the half hour. So, I mean, we started, well, maybe like 15 after, um, because you start at the hour, but then they have to give you the whole spiel of 
whatever, give you your costumes for your characters, blindfold you, put you in the room. So it takes like 15 minutes to fully load everybody into the room. Mm-hmm. And um, then you have an hour from that point. And then you have an hour from when the game starts. So you end up, you know, by the time we left, it was like, you know, 11, no, when was our game? Nine. So we were out like by 1030. That makes sense. Yeah. So then the next one started like And the next one was at 11, yeah. That sounds so awesome. I think that's really cool that they, and this is something that happens year round. They just kind of modified it for the haunting season. Yeah. And they actually have an easier room, which is like carnival themed. So the hex rooms are very hard room. They have what they call a moderate room, which is a carnival based game. So what age range would this be appropriate for? Um, They don't take anybody under 13. So you have to be all the time or just all the time. Okay. Yeah, all the time you have to be at least 13, and anybody under 18 has to have an adult with them. Okay, so you can't just have, like, a group of 13-year-olds run in there? No, no, you have to... That's probably wise. Yes, and for the hex room, because of the difficulty of the puzzles, I'm going to... Maybe 18 plus? Depending on, like, the... 16 might be pushing it. Like, you... I'm just trying to think, like, based on, on, like, the knowledge base you need to kind of figure out some of this stuff. Do you need to be kind of familiar with pop culture? No, you don't need to be familiar with pop culture, but, you know, physics, maybe. Sure. Uh, chemistry. Yeah, but there's something that um, you just peripherally pick up in your years. Like, we watch a lot of doc- documentaries in our house, yeah. so, like, you just pick up facts mm-hmm. and those things come in handy when you're doing some kind of you know yeah. event like this yeah so i mean if if you did take somebody that was younger i mean i don't know if, if they have a different age range i know the website said 13 but i didn't check specifically for the hex room you know you may have to help them along or just leave them for dead why not <laughs> that might be a good opportunity if you're going to have more than six people if you're going to have like Four adults and two kids, then those kids, you know, younger people, you can have those younger people paired up with an adult. Yeah, you could do that, probably. That way they can experience it but not be overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, this thing sounds amazing, and I'm really glad that it exists. And, I, you know, I can't wait to catch it this season. Even once the Halloween season's over, I would like to go back and see it the way that it, it is, you know, normally. And we actually have another one. And this one, you know, where we are recording, the hex room is down the street from our house. There's another escape room that's even closer to our house that we look at every yeah. time we go to In-N-Out, and we're like, oh my gosh, we have to go. And I can't then we... remember the name of that one, though. I think it's just the escape room. I don't know. It, I don't know. It could be it. It has a banner. I'm, I'm sure enough people know which one we're talking about by now, but it... Exodus? Exodus. Room? Yeah, I think it is Exodus. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, I, mean, I want to see that one, too. I've I've always loved the idea of an escape room, but my my... Wise moments are so few and far between. I'm worried that I'm going to go in a not good day, <laughs> that I'm not going to be able to figure out a quarter of what I need to, to to get out of the room. I think once you're in the moment, as long as you have good deduction reasoning, you'll 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 be able to figure it out. But it really does take some good deduction and like and memory step I by step. By step, yeah, and just kind of like some of the puzzles you just have to work through. Like some of the ones, like I said, like I think I tried one eight different ways before we finally figured it out. So is it something like the stress of the situation, like the endorphin rush creates that that sort of yeah? I think you need to figure this out right now. Yeah, 
and you know having yeah i think it's just the whole environment and everything it just starts your brain just starts going into overdrive and just starts that's so interesting i think like because when i started i was completely lost like i didn't know what to do i was kind of like totally lost and by the end it was just like oh boom this oh boom that so you could like feel your body sort of adjusting to the situation and then so that by the end you're able just to like your your synapses were just firing like crazy yeah so i'll just spoil it i solved i helped give the clue get the clue to how to solve the final puzzle we needed to get the last key to get out of the room your room did or like- the whole escape room. So, like, I was the one that figured it out because we knew the the thing we needed to get into. You know, it was like a, everything is code based, so it's either letter codes or number codes. And and I don't want to give away how I figured it out, but like I, we were like, they were like, oh my god, we need this last key. What do we need to do? And then I was like, oh, boom this, boom that. And they're like, oh my God, that's it. And, and then, it just, it just came to you because. And you we were... had to try it like two or three different ways because we weren't sure exactly, but it worked out. Like, you know, we got on the right track and, and it worked out. We got out. So do you think that this exercise gave you, um, like practice in being more present and being more aware of things, you know, hidden in your surroundings that, that can tell you something like, do you feel like you become more of a, um, of a deductive reasoning, you know, person because of going through something like this? Yeah, I think, it, I think it definitely trains your brain to be more observant and more, uh, yeah, I guess just more observant. So kind of like those, you know, the video games where like you the, play the like the train your brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love those. I did those I so much when I was pregnant cause I had nothing better to do. And just, I felt like the, you get quicker. The more you do, yeah. you get faster. So that's I exactly like the, the way I felt. You know, the first puzzle took me forever. And then the second one was a lot easier. Do you feel like if and you, if you like did like took a, a, a mile and a half jog before you did this event, you would have been able to just jump in right away? Like, cause your blood would be flowing or I don't know. Do you think that mentally you just have to take that natural progression of, Oh my gosh, this is a lot of stuff to, okay, I'm getting this. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. Okay. You need to do this. And like suddenly you're like part of this you know, this team that you're just firing off things and getting things done. And next thing you know, you're out. Yeah. You may just have to get over it because at first, like the first 10 minutes, I'm going to say probably you feel very, very isolated. Can you hear anything? You can hear, I could hear the person in the central room and I could, uh, I couldn't, that's pretty much it. I couldn't hear Albert until he was able to open up that window. Wow. But, um, I get, I mean, you could kind of hear. Is there music playing or anything? Yeah, there's like creepy music and all that stuff going. So, there's like ambiance. Yeah. Like it doesn't tell you anything about what you need to do. Well, unless the jigsaw character comes on. So they also use the, the, um, thing that you write, like the character sheet mm-hmm. that you fill out before. They kind of use it to taunt you because they get a lot of personal information. So the character will kind of like taunt you. Um, Interesting. Yeah. That's a fun aspect. Do they, do you think they do that year round or is that just a, I, I don't know. It, it's the original one. So I have, we have pictures up. Crossroads gave me some pictures to post because he can't take pictures inside. Um, so it's up on our website. Um, so you can go over there and check it out. Um, and what's but that? What's they are, name? it's, Tales from the fog dot weebly dot com. Thank you. And 
But they're pictures from the old non-Halloween version. So it's not quite as creepy, but um, has more of like a 50s noir kind of vibe to it. Oh, cool. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like fun anyway. Even yeah. as is, I think it'd be fun to do at the, you know, at this time of year because we, for some reason, we like putting ourselves in calculatable danger at this <laughs> yeah. time of year. Like we're willing to put ourselves in positions where like a haunted house isn't for everybody year round, but for some reason, this time of year, we're willing to extend ourselves into places that we wouldn't normally be comfortable. Yep. And this sounds like something that even if it was just all film noir, you know, just an escape room type thing where you get really anxious and you have to solve a puzzle and there's a time, you know, the other people are depending on you. Like it creates all these stresses that normally like you don't want to do that every day. Yeah. You'd go gray, you know, in a week, but being able to do it just once knowing that you're safe, knowing that nothing actually is dependent on it. I mean, that's exciting and thrilling. And that's yeah, something is. that we like to do this time of year. I mean, that's why scary farm is so popular. That's why like all the haunted things around the country around the world now are so popular because you are allowed to be vulnerable and like controlled vulnerable for yeah. just long enough. So you don't lose your mind. When you start to lose your mind, it's not fun anymore. Or like if you were in one of those rooms and you had a panic attack because it was too small or something like mm-hmm. it loses its fun at that point. But the fact that you can, like we have these, especially here in, in California and Southern California, they're so accessible to us. Yeah. I mean that, that Exodus room has been there since we've moved here. So it's been here for six months at least. Yeah. I think it might've been here even longer than that. Like a year. Cause we probably we, close to a year. Yeah. Cause we work nearby and we live nearby. We go to the in and out where the Exodus room is, is part of. And so we, we've seen it forever. We're like, Oh my gosh, we got to do that every single time. And it always yeah. creates that sense of, of thrill of even just the thought of going in there seems like a fun thing to do. Yeah. I just kind of, you know, I've always wanted to do and it just wasn't until, you know, I had the opportunity and like, date lined up and um, I got a good deal on it. I was like, well, I can't pass it up. I got to try it. So it was serendipitous. Yep. Well, we definitely have to do it. Definitely. All right. We've been on this podcast (laughs) long enough, guys. This was an epic, epic podcast. I don't even know how long it's going to be, but uh, maybe two hours. I don't even know. Holy crap. We may have to split this into part one and part two. No, I'm just going to throw it up. You guys are just kind of a long, long, long podcast to listen to and you're going to enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah. God damn it. (laughs) All right, guys. (laughs) We got to get out of here. It's getting late. Thank you for joining us. This is Casey from Tales from the Fog and Veronica Marshman, my lovely, awesome, amazing co-host occasionally. I'm here when there's no one else to talk to. That's not true. (laughs) I'm also in the other room, so I'll just be like, hey, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Have a great evening. And we'll, uh, until next time, we'll see you in the fog. See you in the fog.